Hello everyone, Zach here from the Carnival of Randomness on behalf of our sponsor, Upsitnik & Associates. In these unprecedented times, we reflect on our future, both in the next few weeks and months, but also the upcoming years and decades, and it's time to prepare for that future. Upsitnik & Associates has been contacted by many healthcare workers, as well as old and new clients, to prepare wills, powers of attorney, and advanced directives, also called a living will. All of you need these documents, so don't say you don't have any assets to speak of, no children or other dependents. Regardless of the circumstances now, you will need a will for today and tomorrow. Al Upsitnik feels so strongly about having wills and other needed documents prepared that Upsitnik and Associates can prepare your will, power of attorney, and living will at no charge, you heard that correct, no charge until the end of 2020. No hidden fees or gimmicks. Al feels so strongly about planning for the future at this time that he is willing to assist you with your future. Trust Opsitnik & Associates, attorneys for 42 years, from the Supreme Court to Alaska and everywhere in between. You can find them online, OpsitniksLaw.com, on Facebook, Opsitnik & Associates, or call them toll-free 1-866-391-3299 to prepare for your future. Hello everybody, back again once again with the Carnival of Randomness. I know that was a bit redundant, but what are you going to do? I am Zach, Rye the football fan is back with us. Hello! And piggybacking off last week's episode, even though we're about five minutes out from recording it, <laughs> continuing our NFL season in three-quarter review, we're going to talk NFC this time. And again, as we record this, it is the Friday before... The Week 12 Sunday game, so a week is going to have gone by from our talking about the NFC teams to what is actually happening. Yeah, I just want to talk more football. Well, exactly. We want to talk more football. So, I can't think of a better way than to jump right in to talk about some professional football than by talking about the NFC least. I mean, East. Yeah. So, as we stand right now, coming off of the Thanksgiving games... You have, at the top of the NFC East, in Week 12, the 4-7 and seven Washington football team, mm -hmm. uh, the 3-6-1 and one Eagles, 3-7 and seven Giants, 3-8 three and, three and eight Cowboys, because they got their asses beat by Washington on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Let's just address the elephant in the room. I am completely appalled by the NFC East as a division and the teams inside it. Pretty much. I mean... I am appalled by the possibility, or not not even the possibility, that one of these teams will be in the NFC playoffs. Yeah, with probably a worse than 8-8 eight eight record. Oh, there's going to be a sub-500 team, not just in the playoffs, but the fact is they will be a division winner. Yep. So we'll get the number four seed in the playoffs. <laughs> Which means they will host a goddamn playoff game with a sub-500 record. And that bothers me. At this point, it's kind for me. It's kind of hilarious. I mean, they're the the comedy division. They are. They're they're comedy, but weirdly, they've had some of the more exciting games. Yeah. Well, there is that, right? You know, the game on Thursday on Thanksgiving. It was Washington and Dallas. And mm -hmm. first off, big props to Alex Smith for coming back. Well, that's why I'm all right with you know if Washington takes the di the division. No, that's fine, but... I mean, it still kind of sucks that they'll do it with such a terrible record, but 
it's hard not to root for Alex at this point. Well, that and, and Coach Ron, you know, beating kids. Well, exactly. You know, the two of them sort of make it more acceptable than if it was, say, the Eagles or the Giants. Or the goddamn Giants. You know, because they don't sort of have either of those storylines going for them. No, they don't have a they guy, have a who, a guy who a year prior damn near lost his leg. Yeah, who had his leg nearly torn off, or a guy beating cancer. Yeah, and whereas they're both thriving, so big ups to them. But looking at this division, I, I knew it was going to be a rough division coming into this season. Yeah. I didn't think that at week 12 the division leader would be 4-7. and seven. No, and I thought it would be the Cowboys. Yeah, so let's start at the, at the bottom of the tank division. Hmm. Look at Dallas. What the hell is wrong with Dallas? Uh, I think it goes, obviously, beyond just losing Dak. I mean, obviously, that's a huge thing. But, again, it's Dallas. It's Jerry. It's always going to be Jerry. You're right. And that's been his M.O. since as long as any of us can remember. Since he bought the team. Yeah, basically since he owned the team and ran Tom Landry out of town on on a rail. And replaced him with Jimmy Johnson, who he ran out of town. On a rail, yeah, exactly. And that's his M.O. He gets a coach, and he's had some stellar coaches. You know, Tom Landry is one of the measuring sticks for an NFL coach. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson rightfully taking his place finally in the Hall of Fame this year, and or this past year, I should say. You just can't back off, and that's almost never works. Any coach or any uh, owner who's too involved. Especially if they get a headstrong coach who's going to fight back. Tom Landry, Jimmy Johnson, Bill Parcells. Exactly. They are what they are. They're headstrong because they know they're good coaches, and when they get an an owner that wants to interfere, there's going to be a clash. Well, especially since they know it's going to make it worse. Exactly, and in the clash of the coach versus the owner, guess who usually wins? Exactly, it's always the owner, but, you know, at a cost. Exactly, and that's the the cowboy problem. So, yeah, I think they're going to continue to have problems just because Jerry cannot back off. Right. And I think his tinkering is a problem, his sort of just the coaching situation is a problem. Oh, man, it's just, I'm sorry, I like McCarthy, but Jesus... Yeah, I don't think this is the the right fit for him or the team. Um, um, well, let's bump yeah. up a step. Let's look at the Giants. You know what I think part of the Giants' problem is? What's that? Was losing Saquon Barkley. Yeah, that really hurt them. I mean, that guy is a talent. That's 98% of the team there. Exactly. That would be like Tennessee losing uh, Derrick Henry. He was basically carrying that team. Yeah, so it's no wonder they're sitting at 3-7. and seven. Uh, Daniel Jones has been playing half half decent, though. Yeah, you know, but, eh, yeah, you just kind of expected them to be about where they are. Yeah. The Eagles, 3-6-1. I expected them to be bad, because, yeah. and as this season has really proved, Carson Wentz really isn't that great a quarterback. And his <laughs> offensive line isn't helping him, he's getting his ass kicked left and right. Yeah, so again, you kind of expected them to to be terrible, and they are terrible. Yeah, oh. and, then, and then Washington, I, I don't really know what I expected. No, because, you know, uh, obviously it started off with, you know, not with Alex. Was it Haskins? Uh, Kyle Allen or, Kyle or whatever. Allen. Why do I always think it's Dwayne Haskins? 
Yeah, what's your Dwayne Haskins thing? I don't know. But yeah, it's... I mean, so you look at that division, you you know one team's going to make the playoffs, and that's going to be about it. You're not not really expecting much from that division, and that's just, in my opinion, rather unfortunate. Yeah, you know, uh, but like I say, for me personally, if Washington wins the division, if they go to the playoffs, as bad as it probably is for the league as a whole to allow a team to go in with a losing record, I just won't be angry because, you know. It's Alex Smith. Yeah, this may be the last year for Alex and Ron to be involved with football. And if they somehow make the playoffs and he takes the field in that division game, or the wild card game, rather, and chances are they would lose, as long as he was able to walk off the field, give the man comeback player of the year. That's it. That's all I'm saying. There's no doubt in my mind. That if he can walk off the field at the end of this se- at the end of the Washington season, regardless of when it is, he's earned it. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I don't mind that so much. You know, I'd be happy for them, and if they, you know, if one or both retires, then that's a cool way for them to to go out. Exactly. I, I think it would probably be Alex Smith going first before Ron. Yeah. All right, moving on. Yep, we're going to flop over the NFC West. And this mm. is uh, a strangely competitive division. Yeah, but Just not, not with in the, the way one... I thought it would be. Yeah, not with the uh, former Super Bowl team. Yeah, so you got up at the top of the division, you got the Rams at 7-3, and three, tied with the Seahawks at 7-3. and three. Trailing mm-hmm. right behind them, the Cardinals at 6-4, and four, and the 49ers sitting in the basement at 4-6. and six. The 49ers, they've just had terrible injury luck this year yeah you know that's you can't even really say it's the the super bowl hangover because yeah just basically everybody's crippled on their team garoppolo's out they've got nick mullins at quarterback uh bosa's out i can't remember no nick bosa plays for san francisco joey bosa plays for uh san San diego no la the chargers yeah you know he went down what week two or three with the with the knee yeah so you, you know, that's kind of a nobody can control that. It's just unfortunate luck. That That is. That's just unfortunate, just terrible, terrible luck. And I think that's their problem. That's why they're four and six. Well, that's it. I think they'd be a lot more competitive, obviously, if they if they had their guys. Yeah, even if, you know, if it was uh, Garoppolo was back. I don't know. Uh, the Card- Seahawks. Well, here, nope. the Cardinals. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean... I wasn't 100% sold on Kyler Murray. Yeah. He's not playing bad football. No, he's not. You know, the the one game I look at, and we, we've we talked about this when we were having our two-minute drill conversation, the fact that in the game against Seattle a few weeks ago, when in the final drive, offensive drive of the game for the Cardinals, they walked down the field to tie the game and win it in overtime. Yeah. They can play some football. They definitely can. They're actually doing better than they have in quite a few years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they were they were five ten and one last year. Uh, three and thirteen in twenty eighteen. Jesus. Uh, the last time they've really <laughs> been good was twenty fifteen, where they went thirteen and three. Now they're coming back and they're playing pretty solid football. Yeah, so that's been kind of neat to watch. I mean, obviously everybody pulls for Larry. Oh, yeah, I mean, and that's uh, a thing a lot of people are going to forget is 
You know, Larry Fitzgerald came into the NFL in 2004 with Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers and Matt Schaub. Yeah. You know, he is one of the old guard. Mm-hmm. Languished his entire career with the Cardinals. You know, they had that one trip to the Super Bowl where they lost to the Steelers and haven't been able to do it since, and that was over a decade ago. Yep. Uh, you know, so it's kind of neat to see to see them doing well. It is. It's good. And it's good to see. I always like it when you see other teams coming in. Yeah. You know, because you get tired of seeing the same teams over and over. And when you see another team really starting to rise up, you know, so that's why, you know, you see the Colts doing well. You see the, the Titans doing well. You see the Raiders doing well. Yeah. You know, and then we'll talk about it more in the, um, you know, in the NFC, because there's a couple teams that are playing well that kind of are unexpected, like the Cardinals, like the Rams. But let's look at the Seahawks. About what I expected, they tend to, they pretty much always play well. Yeah, they play well. Uh, but they've had their moments when it's been like, I'm not 100% sold on them. They're not playing great, but just in terms of sort of where they are in the division, I mean, they're a, a team that basically, I mean, they haven't had a losing record since uh, uh, 2011. Right. Um, so almost their entire thing under Pete Carroll, they've they've been winning. It's kind of the... T- Steelers thing. Oh, you broke up a little bit. Can you repeat that? It's kind of the the Steelers thing. They just don't have losing records. Yeah, and you know, let's not forget that uh, you know the worst record Tomlin has had since he took over was last year at eight and eight. Um. So you know, Russell Wilson is you know a really good quarterback. They have some really good players. So I expected them to be pretty much exactly where they are. Yeah, and um, who's the the big receiver that's been doing well, oh, DK Metcalf. Yeah. You know, he's been playing well beyond what a lot of people thought he would be doing. Exactly, you know, so, yeah, they're, I figured they they would probably either be first or second in the division, you know, duking it out with San Fran. That's what I thought, I, and um, but the fact that they're sitting here right now duking it out with the Rams. The Rams I did not expect. No, and the fact that now you look at it, Come week 12, again, you know, it's going to be week 13 by the time this airs, but right now for week 12, the Rams are a legitimate contender. Yeah. I did not see it coming. No, they sort of came out of nowhere. I mean, nobody was exactly on the Jared Goff hype train. Yeah, like he had uh, some flashes of brilliance, but it looked like he would be kind of that... You know, he mid- looked more like he was about to be cut more than yeah, he was like about to be cut. Yeah, mid-level could get cut quarterback, but he's really turned it around. You know, their defense has been stepping it up. Aaron Donald is a is a freaking monster. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the, the Josh Allen thing, right? Like, if he had not busted out with the Bills this year, he was about to be cut. Exactly. Like, you know, so yeah, golf just sort of seemed to... The fire was lit, and... You know, he decided to fight for his career as a starter with that team. Yeah, and I think he's doing a hell of a job with it. Yeah. You know, he's really done a lot of uh, a lot of good for that team, and they've played some tough games. Mm, so that's been really neat to see. Yeah, so, I mean, they're definitely uh, a threat if they get into the playoffs for a lot of teams. Speaking of oh. that, let's move up to the NFC North. 
uh, one of the more storied historical divisions. So let's start at the top, go down, and then we'll talk about them, go back up. Yeah. You got the pack leading the division at seven and three. Mm-hmm. The Bears at five and five. The Vikings at four and six. The Lions coming off the loss to Houston on Thanksgiving, sitting at four and seven. Uh, Detroit. I'm not really surprised that they're kind of down at the bottom because Detroit just has had awful luck for the past ever. Well, that's it. I mean, again, you're kind of looking at a franchise that's struggled for quite a few years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's been bad for, for the right. for the Lions the past couple of years. Yeah, uh, I mean, they were 3-12-1 and one last year. That's not good at all. <laughs> no, and the fact, you know, they really haven't been the same since the 0-16 season. Pretty much not. Uh, Matt Patricia, just not it at all. No, and I think that uh, everybody's starting to realize it, that uh, Matt Patricia is not the way. No, the coach they had before, Jim Caldwell, took them to the wild cards uh, a couple years. Yeah, but... <laughs> Patricia's done not a whole hell of a lot. No, he's, they, they've been dead last both years. He's been there and dead last this year. So, yeah, clearly it's, yeah, bad coaching. I think so. Because they've got some talent. They just can't really do much with it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, let's bump up to the Vikings. Four and six, kind of where I thought they would be. Yeah, they're kind of just, that's what they are. You know, Kirk Cousins... Everybody seems to like him as a as a human being. Not a bad quarterback, but they know. they they're one of these bipolar teams. They go up and then they crater, and then they go up and then they kind of crater. Yeah, and that's kind of where they did. And with them losing basically their biggest offensive weapon to the Bills this off this past off season, mm. uh, you know, Diggs going out to Buffalo and actually playing exceedingly well in Buffalo. Yeah, uh, you know, because if you look at them from 2015, uh, 11 and 5, then down to 8 and 8, then they came back 13 and 3, yeah. then down to 8, 7, 1, and then last year they went 10 and 6, so this year they're cratering again. Yeah, they're just, they're, there's not much consistency over the past several it, years in Minnesota. They just can't seem to put sort of two good years back to back. Yeah. So yeah, this is their crater year. It's the roller coaster. They had the up last year. Now they're going to have a down. Exactly. Next year they'll probably go ten and six or better. Right, exactly. You know? They'll go. You know, uh, if they move to the seventeen game, yeah, they'll go ten and seven. You know, eleven and eleven and six. Yep. You know, be up at the top. And then the year after that, they'll crater again. It just seems to be what they do, and it doesn't seem to necessarily matter sort of who they have or whatever yeah, it just, just they just go in weird you know up and down cycles all right the bears i am shocked by the chicago bears <laughs> the fact of the matter is that as of right now they're sitting at five and five and they're on a four game losing streak i haven't been able to see many of their games but watching some of the highlights <sighs> Low lights. It just seems like the offense has given up. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody was all excited for, you know, the legend of Big Dick Nick coming in and taking over the reins for Trubisky, who's just not a good quarterback, it seems. Yeah. Even though he's going to get the start this, or would have had the start this past week, or, but as we recorded on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
their offense is just terrible. Yeah, that's a good word for it. They're terrible. They really are. Um, yeah, just the the play calling, and I don't know what's happened with Nick, but he's not it. No, and like you said, how many? What was that one game where they just could not gain positive yardage? Yeah, uh, I think that was might have been last week's or the week before. But yeah, I was watching it and just their drives that just backwards, backwards, the or zero. You know, a, a drive for zero yards, then the next one a drive for negative yards, then another zero. They could not get two yards to go forward. Well, exactly. And when you have a drive that says like three plays negative two yards, you're not going to win anything. And they didn't. No, they definitely did not. <laughs> um, I think that was their one against the Vikings, actually. Could be, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just... And that was like the entire second half was like, they just could not get anything going. Right, and that was um, the same problem the Steelers had when they almost lost to the Cowboys. Yeah. It, you know, the offense couldn't do shit and the defense was getting tired. Um, you know, so... You know, and that's yeah. the sad part is you've got, you know, Khalil Mack, one of the best linebackers in football right now, mm-hmm. basically handcuffed because he's tired and constantly having to play, you know, from behind. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I'm guessing this will probably be the last uh, season for Coach Matt Nagy. Uh, I think uh, in this off season, I think you're going to see Nagy gone, Trubisky gone, pro- probably Foles gone. Yeah, uh, Nagy's been there for three years. Uh, they've tw- just struggled. Like they've been on every year for the past three years since basically since they got Khalil Mack. I kept saying they're going to turn it around. They're starting to build the the pieces. The first year he was there in 2018, it seemed like they did. They went 12-4, and four, they were first in the division, and they went to the wild card, but then they lost. Yeah, and then I thought, okay, this is this is the first step. And then last year they kind of slipped, and this year... Yeah. I mean, they started they were... out House of Fire. They were 5-1 and one at one point. But good God, have they tanked the past four or five weeks. Yeah. So it looks like they'd be lucky to, to at this point, end up 8-8 eight and eight like last year. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle for them. Um, so that's kind of unfortunate. It is because I really thought that this was going to be the year that you know Chicago was going to get it. But I I firmly believe that they made a mistake in the off season by not going after Cam Newton. Yeah, I and I remember talking to you about this back in March. Yeah. And I said, of all the teams out there, I feel that the best fit for Cam Newton would have been Chicago. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that ship sailed, and look what happened, and it's not worked out for either of them. Yeah, exactly. But that was my call. And then when they got Foles, it's like, okay, you know, he's won a Super Bowl. He was a Super Bowl MVP. He can still play, but man, he is just off his game. Yeah. All right, moving up. Yeah, moving up to the Packers. And uh, not long before we started recording this, you sent me that article from uh, the NFL's website. It was, you know, about Bruce Arians talking about Tom Brady, but we'll get to that in the next division. Mm-hmm. But what was it, the the second 
part of the headline was the Packers are overrated. No, I think so. And they, I mean, the, they kind of are because, you know, the running joke is, oh, here comes pissed off Aaron Rodgers. But pissed off Aaron Rodgers damn near lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple weeks ago. Yeah, leaked by 24-20, I believe. Uh, yeah, it was only the four-point game. And then, you know, Phillip Rivers came in there and... But that wasn't Philip Rivers. I'm so, who did who beat them last week? Uh, the the Packers. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Philip Rivers. They played the Colts. They That's lost. Right. It, was, uh, it was thirty. Phil, and Phil came in and imposed his will on Green Bay. Yeah, they lost uh, thirty-four to thirty-one. Yeah, so I I cannot figure Aaron Rodgers out. I, I especially as of late. It doesn't seem like he can string two really dominant games together. Well, that's sort of it. Like, he he lost to the Vikings. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a close game, but still, it's the Vikings. Exactly. And it's the Vikings this year against the Packers. And that, historically, the Packers usually take that. Um, yeah, the barely eking by the Jaguars. You know, losing to uh. the Colts. Yeah, in spite of the Colts really trying hard to give that game to them. Jesus, God, they almost did. But no, but damn, and that's what I'm saying. I cannot damn well figure out Aaron Rodgers because when he's on, he's on. Yeah, and then and then some days he shows up and almost plays almost like a Jameis Winston. Yeah, like he he's so... And for a guy that's in his, what, 15th, 16th year... Yeah, because he came in in 05. Yeah, you shouldn't be saying he's really up and down by this point. Um, yeah, so it's kind of... In- I knew they would lead the division because I think as a team and as a sort of franchise in terms of how they they're run, they run really well. Yeah, I agree. They've always had pretty good management and they're always pretty consistent. So you kind um, of expected them to be... To be able to compensate for sort of any little blips and blurps in terms of playing. Yeah. Which is what they've done. Right. You know, they're they're considerably ahead of a division that is almost every other team is melting down and going backwards. And and that's pretty much what it is. You know, everybody in that division is on, as of right now, a losing streak. The longest one belonging to the Bears. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, Detroit's dropped two in a row, uh, Vikings coming off a win, a loss, and the Packers coming off the loss to the Colts. You know, last mm-hmm. week, I don't know what they're going to do this week, but we'll see. Yeah, but, I mean, when you're 7-3 and three ahead of a, the next competition being 5-5 five and five and going backwards. Right, when you have a two-game lead and they've been regressing for the past four weeks. You know, I don't think they're too concerned. So, yeah, I mean, I knew they would win the division, but... I didn't expect Green Bay to drop, you know, to drop the uh, the Vikings game and barely eke by the Jaguars. Yeah, did not see that coming. All, All right. right. The last division, we got the NFC South. Ah. So at the top, you got New Orleans, Sands, Drew Brees, still sitting at 8-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Buccaneers at seven and four, and then tanks out to the Panthers at four and seven, and the Falcons at three and seven. Ah, the dirty birds. Um, so let's talk about them. Their dirty birds. Dirty birds and Maddie Ice. Jesus God, they are. 
laughable. I was going to say meme status more than a football team. I mean, for God's sake, how many leads did they blow this season? It's been two at least. At least, yes. And I'm shocked they're sitting at three. I mean, I thought they would be better than three and seven. Yeah, because again, you run into the thing where you think another team will mess up enough that they'll win because they put they put a lot of points on the board. They do, but the problem is they give up a hell of a lot of points. Yeah, well, that's the other problem. I mean, they put up, uh, you know, 39 points in a loss to the Cowboys in Week 2. And and there is the thing. If you're scoring 30-plus points a game and losing, something is off. Yep. You know, to be honest, let's just call, you know, let's just call it like it is. They're not exactly known for holding on to leads. Hmm. Do we dare mention the two sacred numbers? You know, the old 28 and 3, yeah. Yeah. And they just seem to not have learned. Like, they, they haven't been able to fix that. No, they they really just seem like they... You know, the old uh, stereotypical ostrich head in the sand. is like, nope, if I don't see it, it's not happening. Yeah, so... You kind of expected them to be dead last. Kind of, yeah. I mean, they're they're not going to be better than the Saints. Uh, with Tom Brady coming in, they were not likely to be better than the Buccaneers. And with uh, Bridgewater going to the Panthers, you expected them to, you know, that they're not going to be better than the Panthers. Right, and like I say, uh, at the start of this season, I did not see them at 3-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. But looking at the... Looking at the their progression so far, I'm shocked they're three and seven. Let's put it that way. <laughs> exactly. Because they could very easily be another zero and ten or a one and nine team. Yeah, duking it out with the Jets. Oh God, that's not something anybody ever wants to hear about their career. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bump it up one game in the standings to the Panthers. Uh, coming off losing Cam Newton, losing Ron Rivera. Uh, I thought with them signing Teddy Bridgewater, they'd be better than four and seven. Yeah, I kind of hoped, you know, uh, again, I like Bridgewater, you know, as, as a person. And it's always kind of exciting to see a guy who's kind of been in the shadows get a shot. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And, you know, because when he was playing for when he was backing up Drew last year, I mean, he, when he came in those games that. Breeze was injured, he played well. Yeah, you know, so it's, this was his chance, right? He finally got a team where he was going to be the starter, and you, you really wanted to see him kind of go house of fire. And then you, in coming into the season, you figured his style is going to be coupled with Christian McCaffrey, who is arguably one of the best running backs in the game. Mm-hmm. Except Christian McCaffrey has now been bitten by the injury bug. Yeah. You know, Gone for four weeks, back for a week, gone for two weeks. Yeah, so... him there, now Bridgewater himself is banged up. Yeah, so, you know... You you hope that they might be a little better than they are. It's not their fault, I legitimately thought they would be. I thought thought they would be sitting... I kind of thought that them and the Buccaneers would be flip-flopped. Yeah. Just shows how uh, the football gods don't care about what we think. Well, that's it. You know, maybe they'll, maybe if they can get healthy, they'll be better next year. 
Right. I think I think they definitely will be, but it's the fact of they have to survive the rest of this year. Yeah, I think this year is kind of a, a scrap for them. I mean, I think so. I mean, I I don't think they're gonna tank because no. I don't think that's their style. But they're still but gonna just, be ending up with probably a top fifteen draft pick. Well, that's it. I just you know, in terms of, uh, I mean, they were almost never going to beat the Saints anyway. No. Um, the fact that the Buccaneers have, have been decent only just sort of pushes them back even one more. So just, it doesn't really matter if they win even all the rest of their games at this point, really. No, it, at this point it really doesn't. They're kind of, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and at this point, you know, rest stop get McCaffrey healthy, get Bridgewater healthy, and, and maybe next year there'll be a wrecking ball. Well, I think that's the biggest thing. If they can get Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater both back firing on all cylinders, that could be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, you know, but if they rush them back now to try and get what, you know, at this point seems like might be lucky to be an 8-8. Eight and eight, Yeah, it's and, just... And they get injured again? Exactly, and what happens if it's something terrible that you know, you're not going to come back from. and that's... Well, that's it. You know, like, what happens if it's really serious this time for McCaffrey? He's been in and out so many times. Right. At this point, like, look, relegate ourselves to maybe a 6-10 and 10 season. Yeah. You know, get, uh, get a draft pick in the top 15, which is probably where that would end up landing them. Mm-hmm. You know, get somebody that we're going to need. Let's make sure that, you know, McCaffrey stays healthy. Let's make sure that Bridgewater stays healthy and really put it together for a good solid run next year. Exactly. So honestly, that wouldn't surprise me to, to see that's exactly what they do. And they end up at five and 11, six and 10, maybe even seven and nine, but still get that kind of mid first round draft pick and really start to rebuild for the future. Exactly. All right, bumping up. Yeah, to the Buccaneers. Um, I, I'm shocked they're sitting at seven and four. I'm not even going to lie because I thought, I, I thought that Brady would just be a lot worse at adapting to the Bruce Arian system than he is. Hmm. Um, but the fact is, he's still Tom Brady. He's still a good quarterback. Yeah. But he's out of his element, and we were talking about this actually before we started recording is he's really out of his comfort zone, and that's why that article you sent me earlier, Bruce Arians has come out and said he's just not doing it. Yeah. You know, Arians has always been pretty outspoken about calling out his own players if he feels, you know, he should. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, he was calling Tom Brady an asshole. It's like, look, he's not hitting the deep balls. The dude's, what, 43? Yeah. You know, he hasn't hit a deep ball in probably the last five years. Well, exactly. I mean, that's the sort of the best uh, teams all seem to use that short pass system. Yeah, the dink and dunk, because it's effective, it's very time efficient. And And it's good when your quarterback is old. (laughs) Exactly. You don't need to have a young stud quarterback to pull it off. You need a guy who can read the field and make the smart throw. You know, uh, so the Saints use it. Yeah, the Saints use it. The Steelers are using it. Yeah, um, you know, the a lot of Patriots the, used it. Yeah, a lot of the the 
teams with the, you know the elderly quarterbacks <laughs> or the less than mobile quarterbacks, as it were, are adopting this system, and it really lends well to you know the older pocket style quarterback. Yeah, because being a pocket style quarterback versus a running quarterback, you're a lot more used to. Uh, scanning the field and really looking at the routes and seeing where to check down to. Yeah, you and that's know, he's just that, you know a Tom Brady is very good at, or a Drew Brees is very good at. Yeah, but when you ask them to hold on to the ball for four, five, six seconds and yeah, to and run around to give your receiver time to break free and then air it out for fifty yards, that's not in a lot of these guys' wheelhouses anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're seeing him, you know, really struggling the past few games, throwing a lot more interceptions than he ever has, uh, you know, taking a lot of sacks, well, I mean, just being been pressured the, a lot. He's been on the ground a hell of a lot this year. We looked it up. In addition to the sacks, he's been on the ground like almost 40 times. Yeah, it's just, it's not a, I, I think, it, yeah, it was always going to be a bad match between them, and it's turning out that, it may be like the team is kind of starting to melt down a little bit. I think so. And that's, it's really becoming apparent that they kind of are. Just in the past sort of uh, two weeks, uh, you know, Arians has has called out AB for not making the catches and Tom Brady for not making the throws. All right. Well, let's, let's uh, deal with that elephant in the room. Uh, The fact that they went out of their way and, just showed how, you know, much Bruce Arians actually caves and how much stroke he has in that organization. Yeah, that felt like a maybe a call from up high. Oh, that was definitely a call from up high or Tom Brady. Um, you know, because he'd been clear earlier in the season that he would not accept. Yeah, oh, he was from... very adamant. He said, I've been on that ride before, ain't happening again. Uh-huh. Shows how much stroke you have. Um, yeah, uh, so, I mean, overall, it seems like they've kind of chased all the trends. I mean, they went after Brady, then they went after Gronk, then they went after A.B. And you don't think it's odd that the general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now is the same guy that signed Tom Brady to the Patriots? Well, that's it. I mean, it's clear that they're, they desperately want to be the Patriots, but these guys are, are either past their prime or... Just, not I mean, that, an AB not as good because the thing about the Patriots and why it works so well for so long is one they kept a lot of their players from year to year. Mm. You had a really, really intelligent coach. Yeah, you know, you can say what you want about Bill Belichick, but the fact of the matter is, he's one of the smartest coaches in football. Well, that's it, you know. Um, um, and then also you got to factor in, he doesn't have the same weapons around him. He doesn't have the myriad of guys who can catch a football easily. No, you know, but I mean, that's that's sort of on the organization, right? Like, this is why you don't chase these trends. Yeah, and you, you get uh, Gronkowski, who re- just out of the blue up and retired, dropped a pile of weight, started shilling Tide Pods, and somehow apparently cured his own CTE. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, he's starting to kind of appear on on some uh, lists I've seen on sites saying that it was, you know, it was a bad acquisition. They it could was have done a terrible something acquisition, better. and he has no business being back in the NFL. I'll go on record as saying it. 
yeah, that, you know, for the money that they're paying him for the roster space that he's taking up, they, they could have gotten a young, healthy guy who might be playing at a better level. Yeah, so he he's just basically been nothing short of useless. But, it, I mean, it was great PR, right? Like, they were actually putting out the... You know the YouTube videos of of Tom and Gronk. You know, sitting by the kid, the you know oh, the kiddie pool. It was so pathetic. Like, yeah, I mean, it was a total PR pathetic. move. You know, and then going after AB, which I don't think was so much a PR move because it's actually bad PR, but um, just in a way trendy. Like, you know, they've been talking for weeks about oh, who's going to take AB now that his suspension is up. Yeah, exactly. And there were a slew of teams, three in particular, with direct experience with him that wanted nothing to do with him. <laughs> you know, and the joke now is that the Seahawks might have, you know, might have been playing 4D chess and bluffed the Buccaneers and basically taking this cancer, this poison. Well, and that's what it is. If anybody says Antonio Brown is anything other than a locker room cancer is, in my opinion, wrong. Yeah, he's proved it three times now. You know, at least he hasn't co- accused uh, Bruce Arians of being a racist or taking a swing at Tom Brady yet. Yet. Um, you know, but he already beat up that security camera. No, exactly, you know. So he hasn't changed, and anybody who isn't riding the, the coattails knew he was not going to change. Yeah, but for some reason, Tom Brady is convinced that he can make it work. Yeah, it worked real well for that one game we well, threw to him in New England. Well, exactly. So just, I don't know, like, the Buccaneers are are floundering trying to figure out who they are. Yeah, and the fact that... They're sort of leather-facing it, wearing other organizations, you know, skin. Yeah, they're trying to just get the hand-me-downs from the the big, from the the top grade. And the (laughs) fact that, um, you know, they've just been, they really don't, God, now that you said that, that's all I can think about. They really don't have their own identity, do they? No, they're they're doing what unfortunately a lot of floundering teams do, and they see guys, uh, you know, going into free agency or being cut from these top tier teams, and they just grab them with no real thinking of whether this guy will actually fit the system that you're building. Well, that's what it is. Not only will they fit the system, but will they fit with the other players in the system? Exactly. It's just oh, this is a, a player from a really good team. Let's grab him. Yeah. The Raiders tried to do that with Brown, and look at the havoc he caused never actually playing for them. Yeah, the Jets tried to do it with uh, Le'Veon Bell, and, and Bell didn't cause problems, but they didn't know how to use him, no, so it was a totally that's what it is. wasted... Like, if you had a system that could use him properly, he is a very good running back. Yeah, but they totally wasted him, and yeah, they wasted like all the... Yeah, wasting Frank Gore. You know, um, that's, that's the Jets for you. You know, so yeah, they're just sort of grasping at all these these other sort of bits and pieces yeah and they're yeah basically you're you're trying to take driftwood and build a mansion yep uh speaking of that let's move up to their you know the division leader and actually conference leader their best record in the nfc of the saints Mm. Uh, as a as we record this sitting at eight and two coming off of a seven game win streak uh, including uh, Taysom Hill's debut, isn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Highly impressive. Two rushing touchdowns. Mm. And it made me think, like, damn, 
maybe there's something to this. You know, the, they bypass Winston. I mean, and we've talked about him. If they, if somebody could get him to settle down a little and become a little more focused, yeah, that guy could be a record breaker. Yeah. Um, but the fact remains yeah. is he's all over the place. I don't think he's really matured into himself yet. Clearly there was some, you know, Sean Payton had some concerns about that. And especially with the, uh, you know, that division being so close right now, they, I guess he felt they just could not take the chance of starting to drop games if he started to throw interceptions. Well, and what's that say about you? The fact that, you know, what was it last year whenever he had the 30, the 30 plus picks, he also had what, 5,100 passing yards? Yeah, I think so. And the fact that they the team is wanting to start an untested player mm. over you. Yeah, I mean, I should think... Try, it should tell you all you need to know about where you stand. I mean, I, I think Jameis could, yeah, could definitely be something special. But And I think maybe if, if the division wasn't so close, I think he he may well have started him, but just... I think so, but the fact that... Not like within the division, you have Tampa Bay that's only two games back, but the fact that there's a slew of other teams all sitting there with seven wins. They really can't afford to almost drop even one game right now. At this point, especially with Breeze injured for God knows how long after the rib injury. Well, that's it. And they still have to play the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, so even though the team sort of might be able to carry beyond problematic quarter play against teams like the Falcons or the Eagles. It's not going to work against the Chiefs. That's a game that they're almost guaranteed to lose. I mean, even if they had Drew, I think they would struggle in that game. I think so. And, you know, if they somehow get past the Chiefs, they get into the playoffs, what happens if they get to the Super Bowl and have to face the Chiefs again or the Steelers or the Bills, somebody with a high-powered offense? Yeah, so I just, I think that might be why, you know, I think just, it's just too, too hot right now for, to take a chance on Jameis. I think so, and obviously, at least in the first game, uh, Sean Payton proved that he was right. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Saints won that game, I know it was against the Falcons, but they won 24 to 9, and again, we talked about it before, the Falcons can put up 39 points in a game. Right, and the. You know, and that's that was saying something that with a guy who was starting his first NFL game at quarterback to win such a decisive victory over a team that very easily can blow up and hit 30, 40 points. To hold them they to just, nine and basically do whatever the hell you wanted with them the entirety of the game, mm-hmm. that that says a lot about the way the, the Saints are run as a team. Yeah, you know, so I knew they would lead the division, um, but I'm glad to see that it it seems to be continuing on. I mean, obviously, that was just the first game. Uh, They're playing the Broncos. So, again, that's a game that, you know, they really should win, even if Taysom maybe doesn't play great. Right. As long as he plays okay. and And that's what I've always heard. You don't have to be great. Sometimes you just have to be nominal. Exactly. As long as he doesn't turn it over like two, three times, I think yeah. the team will hold it. The Broncos are just bad enough that they're, they shouldn't be too much of a threat. Well, and let's, uh, since we've been kind of hitting on some of the um, the big running backs, you can't escape uh, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I mean, because he's still there, there's hope. Yeah, and he is not slowing down. In fact, he seems to be getting better. 
Yeah. Um, and you look at the realm of current running backs in the NFL, you would have to put Alvin Kamara up in the upper echelon with a Derrick Henry type. Even, I don't know, Nick Chubb, I think, is kind of getting up there. But there really aren't that many high-powered running backs in the game right now, it seems like. I mean, it's scary, them not having Drew anymore and potentially not having Drew for the rest of the regular season. Yeah, potentially not having him for ever again. Well, I mean, there's that. I mean, I can see him coming back, but just maybe not. There's not that much left of the regular season. No, the fact that as we're recording this, there's going to be six games left of the regular season. And the fact that his rib injury was a hell of a lot worse than I thought it would be just on first examination of the hit. Yeah, like it didn't seem that bad. And then it turns out that he's got like 11 broken or fractured ribs, a collapsed lung. Exactly. And God knows what other damage, you know, I think he somehow, in addition to the collapsed lung, also had like something wrong with his lung. You know, the fact that he's no spring chicken, he's what, 41-ish? Yeah, I think so. So he's just going to probably heal slower. That's just a fact of of getting older. You don't heal as fast as you do when you're in your 20s. Well, and it's not just that. It's the fact of uh, ribs in general as an injury. Yeah. Uh, Just for your, even your average lay person, like you or I, Mm -hmm. if we were to even bruise ribs... It takes several weeks to heal. Well, that's it, you know, so... Because it's one of those injuries, like, you can't immobilize it. Nope. So you're constantly having to breathe and move and, you know, reaching to get something off the table, you're moving your ribs and don't even realize it, unless you have a cracked rib. Then you realize it. Well, that's it, you know, so I'm kind of... I know he wants to come back. He's, you know, he's a tough SOB, but... At this point, I'm just kind of assuming you would be lucky for him to come back for the regular season. I think I think at this point you'd be lucky to have him back for the regular season. I think, may, and maybe as long as the team plays all right, the better situation is, even if he, he insists he's feeling all right, not to allow him back, for the, hold him for the playoffs. Exactly, you know, get him back on the active roster so at least he'll be eligible for the playoffs. You know, but I mean, if they're doing all right um, and the other teams in the NFC kind of fall back, then, you know, maybe the last couple of games against the Vikings and the Panthers won't matter. Right, as long as they can shore up a playoff spot. Um, You know, they play the Broncos, they should win that. They play the Falcons again. I mean, hopefully they'll win that. The Eagles, they should absolutely win that game. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. On paper, absolutely. But as this So, season- so there's... Yeah, three more games they should win. Then they hit the wall of the Chiefs, and that's one that I'm just going to say I think they'll lose. Uh, very good chance they will, but you never know. But you I don't. Would, let's just say this, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, but if they win the next three, um, you know, maybe that would give them enough of a buffer that, you know, it doesn't really matter. Right, if they can get in, if they can basically win three out of their next four... Mm-hmm. I think they'll be in good shape for maybe having to realize they don't have Drew for the rest of the regular season. Well, that's it. Because, I mean, if they drop some of these upcoming games, then they may feel the need to rush him back. I mean, if Taysom can't do it and if Jameis can't do it, they right. may feel that they have to rush him Drew back for, for the last game or two. But just I to think, hold on to I think as of right now, it doesn't look like they're going to have that issue because I think that even if they stick with Taysom Hill the rest of the 
the run, I think they'd be okay. Yeah, you know, and I certainly hope so. But yeah, so that's my sort of feelings. You know, the Saints are my are my number to, sort of two. I mean, they're my second sort of favored team. Oh, I love they're your Drew. NFC team to be sure. Exactly, you know. Um, so I was, you know, so upset, you know, to hear that Drew was so injured. Yeah, like because I say I saw the hit. I did not think it was that bad. You know, um, it's kind of the the situation with the Colts where this may be his last year. Very much so. Um, you, you know, you don't want it to end like that. No, you know, you desperately want him to get to get that second Super Bowl. You know, he's such a good quarterback. You sure as hell want him to get it more than Brady and the Buccaneers. So Even you if know, he it's like I, you just don't want his career to end on the, on the injured reserve list. No, you definitely don't, you know, but that, because of course, you know, we talked about, you know, AFC Championship, but if I had my druthers of picking the actual Super Bowl, it would be Steelers versus Saints. Well, actually, yeah, you're you're jumping a little ahead because we're going to wrap this one up because we covered the NFC. So I'm going to pose the same question to you we did at the end of the AFC episode. Right now, not ideal, but in actual, what do you think the actual NFC Championship could be? Um, I think the Saints will will hold on to it. I mean, I hope so. Okay, and who, um, who are they playing? I think it might be the Rams. Honestly, I think that could be a really fascinating game, Rams versus Saints. I think the Buccaneers are, are struggling. I think they might start to fall back. Uh, the Seahawks are really struggling. Yeah. So I think the Rams may take that division. Yeah, you definitely have to factor in the Rams, and that's not something I thought we'd be saying at this point. I mean, the Packers will win their division, but I I think the Rams are maybe a a better team than the Packers. I think, and, and more consistent. So yeah. we have that, and you said if you had if you could pick your twenty twenty dream Super Bowl, it would be Steelers Saints. Yeah, because it would be a Super Bowl that I could enjoy either way, which I've never had. You know, you've always had a team you want to win and a team you don't want to win, and that makes it really stressful to watch. Well, exactly, and as you've seen from the Steelers trap games this year, football is kind of a contact sport for watching. Yeah, a Steelers Saints, I would be happy with either team. I mean, obviously, you know, the Steelers are are my favorite team, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be at all angry no. if, if Drew got to win and retire on a high note. Exactly, and then you know you get the battle of the old guard quarterbacks, you know, between. Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees, you'd be looking at about 734 years of NFL experience. Yeah. Well, exactly, you know, so so that would be my, you know, thing. I I think it could be cool. Plus, it keeps Brady out of the Super Bowl, and I think that would be awesome. Well, exactly, and, you know, we're going to remember this, and we'll see come February what happens. So that wraps it up for our NFL three-quarter season r- review. Again, we will have later on as the playoffs approach or maybe even into the playoffs our tinfoil hat episode we won't forget what we're going to talk about so bear with us on that one because it is quite fascinating yes uh so as we close this one up closing thoughts on football as a whole the nfc afc whatever Uh, i think i've said all i need to say you've said your piece yep all right well then that's going to do it here for the carnival keep on watching that football stay safe stay healthy uh, stay in touch with your loved ones. Support small businesses. You got anything else? Any other tropes you want to throw out there? Yeah, no, I think you've done enough. Okay, well, there you go. So, for the carnival, I'm Zach. 
I'm Rye. This was football, and we will see you guys next week.